this evening, we're going to be talking about the times in our lives when God just doesn't seem to be answering our prayers. And those times can be almost unbearably painful, as we've seen in that video with Ben and Abby. Maybe you're here tonight or you're watching at home and you're praying for healing for yourself or for someone you love and nothing much is happening at the moment. Maybe you're praying for a member of your family to come to faith in Jesus. Or maybe you're praying for a broken relationship. Maybe something else that you're praying for. If God is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, why doesn't he just step in and give us the answers to the prayers that we want? At the moment, in our home groups, we're looking at this question as we study Pete Gregg's Unanswered Prayer course. And um, if you're not in a home group, the videos are online and you can, you can find them. And maybe you could do it with, with a friend. I'd really encourage you to do that because it's, um, it's very, very helpful material. But this evening, I'm going to look at two questions as we look at Matthew's account of Jesus' death on the cross. So how can our understanding of Jesus' death on the cross help us in those times of struggling with unanswered prayer? And secondly, can God bring any good out of these times? In our reading in Matthew 27, we join the story in the middle of Jesus' crucifixion. Jesus has already been nailed to the cross. It was the most cruel punishment that the Roman justice system could imagine. It was a slow and it was an agonizing death. The Roman soldiers had already divided up Jesus' clothes amongst them. It was a rather gruesome perk of being an executioner. The religious leaders stood around the cross and mocked Jesus. The people who passed by hurled their insults at him. And the two thieves on either side, on the crosses either side of Jesus, just joined in with insulting him. And after three hours hanging on the cross, at three in the afternoon, Matthew tells us in verse 46, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a cry of desolation. It's a cry of abandonment. It's a prayer. Jesus is calling out to God, his Father. Jesus knows that in his greatest agony and greatest pain, his Father's loving presence has been withdrawn. Jesus is on the cross completely alone. And, and that's how it can feel for us when we're going through something that's causing us agony and pain. We cry out to God in our prayers, but it can feel as if he's not there. 
Abby spoke so movingly about that feeling that God wasn't there in the struggles that she and Ben were going through. At the time we need him most, we can feel cut off and alone, and we can doubt God's love for us. So Jesus, when he cries out using those words, they come from one of the Psalms, from Psalm 22, a Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For Jesus on the cross, he was experiencing the objective reality of being separated from the Father. It's, it's a cry of disorientation as the Father's loving presence is withdrawn. But why didn't the Father stick with Jesus? Why couldn't our loving God, how could he let his son go through that agony? It was because of love. It was because God the Father loved us so much that he let his son go to the cross. And it was because Jesus loves us so much that Jesus chose to go for the the cross. Jesus died to take away that barrier of sin and selfishness which separates us from God. As Paul puts it in Galatians 3.13, Jesus became a curse for us so that we would not come under the judgment of God. Matthew tells us in verse 45 that darkness came over all the land. And in the Bible, darkness is a a sign of God's judgment on his people. If you remember back in the Old Testament, for the three days that God inflicted plague on the, the Egyptians, darkness came over the land. And then Moses led the Israelites, out into the desert, into freedom, the freedom of relationship with God. And what we see at the cross is that drama of judgment happening, being reenacted and happening at a deeper level. At the cross, Jesus took that judgment. There was darkness over the earth. He took the judgment so that we could be set free into relationship with God. I can remember when I first became a Christian, I was studying history of art at the Courtauld, which is in Somerset House in London. And if you haven't been there, go. It's the most beautiful building. It's been amazingly restored. And it's got a wonderful art gallery. It's got lovely cafes, and it's got a beautiful terrace onto the Thames. And every weekday, I used to get the tube to Embankment Station and then walk through embankment gardens, which go along the side of the Thames, to the Somerset House. And I'd been a Christian for about two weeks at that point, and I was on the tube every, every day, I was sort of reading all these books on the tube, and I was reading Basic Christianity by John Stott, which is a really good book if you haven't read it. And I got to the bit that was explaining about Jesus dying on the cross, And I got a a glimpse, a revelation of what it meant 
for Jesus. Jesus was without sin. He's totally pure, totally holy. Yet on, on, the, on the cross, the horror of all the terrible things that humanity does to each other was laid on Jesus. And Jesus, who from all eternity had been with the Father who loved him, with the Holy Spirit who loved him, there'd been this wonderful relationship of intimate love. On the cross, Jesus was completely alone for the first time in all eternity. And and on that morning, I think the Holy Spirit was showing me something of what that meant and just how deep Jesus' love was for me. And as I walked through Embankment Gardens that morning, as I, as I was, the tears were just streaming down my face and I felt extremely silly. But my prayer for each of us tonight is that we might get a new revelation, a fresh revelation, a deep revelation of just how much Jesus loves us, that he was prepared to take that for us on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, he was surrounded by people who didn't understand what he was going through. The religious leaders mocking him, the passers-by insulting him, the thieves on either side cursing him. He was surrounded by people who didn't understand. And when we're going through tough times, we can have people around us who, who just don't understand, who don't get what we're going through. And sometimes those people can say really hurtful things. And it's awfully, often completely unintentional because they, they don't comprehend what we're going through. And as we look at the cross, we, we can see that God understands our pain. In his time of greatest pain, he had no friend or companion to walk through it with him. But as we go through our difficult times, Jesus is with us in our deepest pain, even though it might not feel like it at the time. In verse 50, Matthew describes the moment of death. He says this, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Jesus was dead after the abyss of alienation from the Father and after that mockery from the people around him, the people he came to serve. He chose to yield up his life. And Matthew describes what happens next. He says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is hugely significant for us. The, the curtain was this huge curtain which se separated the Holy of Holies, the most holy place in the temple, from the holy place, from the, from the rest of the temple. And only one man could go through that curtain into the most holy place, and that was only once a year. On once a year, the high priest on the Day of Atonement, could go through that curtain into the most holy place. And he carried with him the sacrificed 
sacrificial blood from the animals, and he took it into the holy place to make atonement for his sins and for the sins of all God's people. It's really interesting that the, the curtain was torn from top to bottom, and it, it points to God tearing that, that, that curtain from top to bottom. And at the point when that happened, at the point of Jesus' death, God the Father was accepting Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus is now our great high priest, and he can go into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, with his own blood shed for us on the cross. He didn't need to take any sacrificial blood for his own sin because he was without sin. So he goes in to that place, the most holy place. So what's that mean for us? That means that barrier of sin that separated us from God is removed because of what Jesus has done for us. And if we trust in Jesus, we can have confidence that we can enter into that most holy place, into the presence of God, to worship him and to pray, to lay our prayers before him. And the writer of Hebrews puts it like this, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now this, this is the most important thing I'm going to say this evening. So if, if you want to go to sleep, you can do this after this, but I want you to get this. Jesus endured separation from God on the cross so that we would never be separated from God. God the Father will never abandon us. We live in a broken world. Creation is in pain. Sickness and death will affect each one of us at some stage. And we have an enemy, Satan, who is fighting against God's plans and God's will for our lives. And we cry out to God in the midst of our pain. As we look at the cross, as we remember the separation of Jesus from the Father, we can be absolutely sure that God will never abandon us. He will never turn his back on us. We may feel separated. We may feel unloved by God because we're in the midst of our pain. But silence does not mean absence. It's not that we don't go through pain. We do. But we have someone who goes through it with us, who sticks with us. For many, many people down the centuries and through the generations, they've turned to the words of Psalm 23. That's the psalm that begins, the Lord's my shepherd. And there are those, these wonderful words in that psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In the worst of times, God will not abandon you. He is with you. We might not feel his presence as our pain can be so great, but we can be completely sure that he's with us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
Pain and suffering do not have the last word. Our God is a God of hope. So even as Matthew is telling us about Jesus' death on the cross, he can't wait to tell us of the hope to come. And that, that hope is going to burst forth in all its wonder at the resurrection on Easter Sunday. But here, almost in the same breath, almost in the same breath that Matthew is telling us about that Jesus is dead, he gives us the most extraordinary description in verses 51 and 53 of an earthquake that shook the earth and tombs split open and holy people were, were resurrected from the dead. And once again, Matthew is drawing on earlier, earlier accounts in the Bible. And the earthquake often accompanies or can accompany God's judgment on his people. And the account of people coming out of their tombs, difficult as it is to understand. And very strange. I mean, it's very strange. But it looks forward. What Matthew is doing is looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus. He's just like giving us a taster of that. And our future hope of resurrection, when everything will be made new. And this is when, as the last book of the Bible tells us, Revelation, there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. But what about now? What about now? As we're in the, we might be here tonight and we're in the midst of suffering. We're in the midst of pain. And at the moment, we just don't feel our prayers are being answered. We can choose to trust God. Trust God that he loves us and lean into his love. I was so struck by Abby and Ben about their story, about how they trusted in God's faithfulness. Even though it didn't feel like God was with them, they knew that he was. How do we find faith like that? How do we find faith like that? We look at the cross. On the cross, Jesus endured separation from God so that we need never be separated from God. The cross assures us of God's deep love for us. And I pray later on we're going to have an opportunity to celebrate communion. And I pray that as we do that, we'll, we'll get that revelation of Jesus' love for us. The second thing I want to look at very briefly is can God bring any good out of these difficult times? One of the verses I love in the Bible, again, is in the Psalms, Psalm 27, verse 13, where the, when the psalmist says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. God can and does use these difficult times for good. This doesn't mean that the suffering doesn't matter to God. It does. But as we lean into God's love, when we just can't understand why he isn't just helicoptering in and rescuing us or rescuing the person that we're praying for, God can use these times for good. And one of the things he does is work in us by the Holy Spirit to transform our character 
more into the likeness of Jesus. Paul says this in Romans 5. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I could do a whole talk on those few verses, but I'd just like to draw out that it's in those tough times that when we lean into Jesus, the Holy Spirit works in our characters to produce in us a compassion and a care and a purpose that can be truly wonderful. So often it's the people who've experienced deep trouble in their lives who are the most understanding of other people's struggles. We heard in the video Ben speak so powerfully about how it was through those difficult times that he and Abby went through that he came to a place where he could pray, God, what is your will for us? Help us to trust you. So as, as this evening, as we celebrate communion and remember Jesus' death for us on the cross, I'd like to pray for all of us to receive a deeper revelation in our hearts of the love of Jesus shown for us by his death on the cross. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you know and you love each one of us. You see the desires of our hearts. Thank you that you know where we're hurting and how our hearts long for you to rescue us and the people we pray for from all the suffering we're experiencing. Thank you, Jesus, that you endured separation from the Father on the cross so that we need never be separated from God. Father, I pray, come Holy Spirit, and give to each one of us this evening a deep revelation and assurance that you will never leave us or forsake us, even in our deepest troubles. Please work in our hearts so we can pray, Jesus, what is your will for my life? Help me to trust you. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.